Turn with me, if you would, before we turn to the Psalms, to Zechariah chapter 4. Zechariah is towards the end of your Old Testament. It's one of the minor prophets. Zechariah chapter 4. Remember, the, the Jews were in captivity in Babylon for 70 years. And Cyrus decreed the decree to have the city of Jerusalem rebuilt. Nehemiah was appointed to oversee the matters by Artaxerxes the king. Now, the destruction of Jerusalem turned it to utter desolation with broken down walls and gates consumed with fire. We've heard this many times before. I call to your memory the challenges facing Nehemiah and the team that were sent forth to rebuild that city. Remember Sanballat and Tobiah, the enemies, the governors in the region that were displeased that someone was coming to rebuild the city. But Nehemiah strengthened their hands to the work. They went to work, but they were attacked, being delayed in the building. Remember, they were working with one hand and had their swords in their other hand. It slowed the work by at least half. How discouraging. What a difficult situation. Everyone was against them. And look how pitiful the city was, thoroughly destroyed and lying in ruins. Enemies of God, but governors in the land were conspiring to ensnare Nehemiah and the rest. They sent lying letters to the king to try to overcome what they were trying to do in Jerusalem. But Nehemiah stirred the people up to finish the building of the walls, and they did it. And we all know in uh, Nehemiah chapter 8 that the great service that commenced, the preaching service that commenced, but they didn't have a temple yet. They met in the streets for that service. Zerubbabel was one of the chief priests who led the charge to rebuild the temple, And Ezra reports that he and and Jeshua and the remnant of the brethren, the priests and the Levites set forth to do the work of the house of the Lord. But the work was delayed for 15 years because of opposition. And then the prophet Haggai was sent to stir up Zerubbabel, who was the governor of Judah then at the time, to return to the work. But it was also the Lord that stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel to do the work. In Haggai chapter 2, verse 4 Yet now be strong, O Zerubbabel, saith the Lord, and be strong, O Joshua, son of Josedek, the high priest, and be strong, all ye people of the land, saith the Lord, and work, for I am with you, saith the Lord of hosts. Many of the older men had seen the glory of Solomon's temple and were surely discouraged by this smaller, less glorious version that they were building. But where God can get glory from the exceedingly magnificent temple of David and Solomon, he was sure, and they were surely discouraged about this, he can also get glory by taking the base, small, despised, and rejected things of this world and doing a glorious work. So the prophet Zechariah was also sent to encourage Zerubbabel. And that's why I've had you turn here to that chapter before we get to my psalm. I'm not going to read the verses 1 through 10, but I want to, I want you to think about what I just said, and this is the Lord speaking through Zechariah to Zerubbabel in verse 6. Zech, so I'm in Zechariah 4, 6. Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Amen. Who art thou, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, thou shalt become a plain, and he shall bring forth the headstone thereof with shoutings, crying, Grace, grace unto it. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, 
The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house. His hands shall also finish it. And thou shalt know that the Lord of hosts hath sent me unto you. For who shall despise the day of small things? For they shall rejoice and shall see the plummet in the hand of Zerubbabel with those seven. They are the eyes of the Lord, which run to and fro through the whole earth. And amen. We have before us a something small. I'd ask you to turn now to Psalm 117. Psalm 117 is right in the middle of your Bible. Let's not despise the smallest chapter in the Bible this morning. It's only two verses. It's small in letter, but it is exceeding broad in its spirit. It tears asunder the walls of race or nation, which we shall see in a moment. All of mankind are called to praise the Lord from every nation. Let's read this short chapter. Psalm 117. Oh, praise the Lord, all ye nations. Praise Him, all ye people. For His merciful kindness is great toward us. And the truth of the Lord endureth forever. Praise ye the Lord. It's a small chapter, brethren. It's only two verses. It's the shortest chapter in the Bible. It's probably be, it was probably used as a short hymn of introduction or closing in worship services when David put these together. It might be, a, it might have been sung on other occasions, perhaps when they got together in their homes. It was short and it was sweet. But that same Holy Spirit that dictated 176 verses of the 119th chapter or psalm condensed the gospel into two power-packed verses right here. Yet the infinite fullness described in chapter in the 176 verses is perceived and present in these two verses right here in this chapter. Both the shortest chapter in the Bible and also the exact center of the whole Bible, it was not always necessary to be long in worship. This, this proves that sometimes a few words are sufficient. Remember, some of the shortest praises the other week or other month, I guess it's been now, for when we had the men come forward to praise the Lord for the favorite verse or thought or, or word in 1 Peter chapter 1. Some of those shortest praises were the most precious and even the most powerful. So there are many things that may be long or short. Short hymns and long. Short prayers and long. Short sermons and long. Being too short is easy to fix because you can always amend your words and you can answer questions afterwards. We have a a commandment that begins this psalm, and it is to praise the Lord. Saints ought to never be satisfied or contented with their efforts of praise. And so we can do it. An infinite God deserves infinite praise. The last verse of Psalms in, in Psalm 150 verse 6 says, Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Even when we have made our best attempts to fully praise Him, we have to do it again. We're not finished. This psalm and so many others are meant to excite us under the praise of God. And let us use this short psalm to do so. I want to tell you of five topics. You, You may not see five topics at first read through a short psalm of two verses, but there are five there. The first one is the calling of the Gentiles. The second is the summary of the gospel. The third is the end or purpose of so great a blessing. The fourth is the employment of the subjects of this great king. And the fifth is the privilege of these servants. 
The calling of the Gentiles is interesting. Paul uses this psalm in Romans chapter 15 to prove that the Gentiles were called long before Jesus Christ walked the earth. He says in Romans 15, 11, and again, praise the Lord, all ye Gentiles, and laud him, all ye people. Now, Paul's quoting this verse from chapter one, or from Psalm 117, but he changed a word. He changed the word nations to Gentiles. So we have the New Testament to look back to the old and understand that we Gentiles were called before uh, Jesus Christ walked the earth. Amen. Why would he, the nations, praise the Lord? Because God has his elect in them, just as he does in our nation. Paul helps us understand that God always intended to call the Gentiles his people. He said so in Hosea, and I will sow unto her, I will sow her unto me in the earth, and I will have mercy upon her that had not obtained mercy, and I will say unto them which were not my people, Thou art my people, and they shall say, Thou art my God. Paul quoted twice in Romans 9, similarly. Now, I said that there was a, in the second topic, there's a summary of the gospel here, and this is glorious, brethren. There are six words that I want to highlight quickly. Mercy, kindness, great, us, truth, and endurance. Mercy. The Lord is abundant in His mercy. We've heard it already this morning, and we'll hear it more today. Kindness. His kindness is shown every day in our daily lives. That kiss of sunshine that we've already talked and prayed about is the kindness of the Lord poured out upon us. But it is great, immense. It's not a mere pardon for sin. This is the gospel. It's not a mere pardon for sin. In fact, Peter wrote in his second epistle, For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He sent his son to die for us. It is great, although the word great may not be great enough. Amazing love. How can it be? The word us, the elect children of God. We are heirs together of the grace of God. Ephesians 1.19 says, And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us word, who believe according to the working of his mighty power? The word truth. Jacob once prayed, I am not worthy of the least of all the mercies and of all the truth which thou hast showed unto thy servant. We can pray with him because we have Jesus, what Jesus said, thy word is truth. We have the Bible. It's in our language and we can read it. We don't have to have priests interpret the Latin for us. We've got it in our own hands and we have it preached by a God ordained man to us. We are most blessed with the truth. And lastly, endurance. Endurance, the truth never fails. It lasts forever. It's everlasting, and it is eternal. So the next topic is, this is, this is two verses, brethren. We can spend a little time in two verses and get a lot out of them if we will take the time to do so. The end of so great a blessing. The end, we don't use that word very often. It's the aim, the goal, the purpose, or the objective. So the end of that great blessing, our aim is to worship Him. And our goal is to have His Spirit dwelling in us more fully. And our purpose is the truth. Is there not a cause? And our objective is the spiritual kingdom that we are being ushered into by this walk here on earth. The next is the employment. Our employment here on earth. Yes, we have employment with that we'll hear about later, but we have a greater employment. Our employment is continual praise of the Lord. 
we have three great objects of that praise. We can glorify God the Father, Jehovah, who is I am that I am. Just saying who he is is glorifying God. He is the maker of heaven and earth. And he's the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is our second object of worship and glorifying and praise. He's our redeemer, our savior and friend. And as we will hear at the end of second of first Peter chapter two, he is the shepherd and bishop of our souls. We can glorify the Holy Ghost and he may not get as much glory sometimes from our lips. He doesn't from mine often. I'm usually focused on the Lord Jesus Christ. I think the Lord understands. But the Holy Ghost is our comforter. He was sent by Jesus Christ. And we read in verse 6 of Zechariah, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. And so the spirit of God is with us. The Holy Ghost is with us, empowering us to do these things. And the Holy Ghost is the witness of John 5, 6 through 8. He witnesses in the earth and he witnesses to our hearts. Lastly, of these topics is the privilege of the serv- of these servants, us, the saints. We have many privileges, brethren. It's a privilege to be here today in the house of God. Just as the Jews were favored and they were the most favored nation, we now as Gentiles are also favored likewise and even greater because we have the Lord of glory. <clears throat> we have the privilege of laying hold of eternal life. We can do so by grasping it. We have the privilege of blessings forevermore and assurance in our salvation, greater assurance than has ever been known by men who came before us. And we have the privilege of being prepared for heaven and eternity with Jesus as we walk this pilgrim land. So this little psalm, in conclusion, it's a tiny little psalm. Only two verses may seem small, but despise it not because it's packed with glorious things. Remember, there are many small things in this room with us worshiping today in the ways that little children know how to worship. Despise them not, Jesus said. The summary of the God, we have good things and they come in small packages. And remember those six things, the calling of the Gentiles, the summary of the gospel, the end or purpose of so great a blessing, the employment of us, his servants of the great king, and the privilege that we have as these servants. Praise offered to the Lord does not need to be lengthy in spite of what I've just done. Our use of this psalm is like this. It's simple. We can take this psalm, memorize it. It's only two verses and it can stir us up quickly. If we need to be stirred up quickly and we don't have a lot of time, Psalm 117 can be in the back of our mind. I want Jesus Christ to be glorified by this psalm. I never saw Jesus Christ in this psalm until I studied this psalm and some brothers from hundreds of years ago wrote it down for me so that I could figure it out. I love this little psalm. It has been a psalm in our family for a number of years, and I want to praise Jesus Christ by it. May his name be glorified. Amen. Amen. Amen.